This week on the Redeemed Marriage Podcast, we're going to be wrapping up a little mini-series that we started a few weeks ago, and this has been entitled Inside the Mind, and we did three weeks of Inside the Mind of an Adulterer, and now we're wrapping up with the second week of Inside the Mind of the Betrayed. And so I'll be back on the hot seat this week. Heather's going to ask a few more questions about just how I was feeling during our time of journeying through infidelity 11 years ago. So stay tuned. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Redeemed Marriage Podcast. This is Rusty and Heather Bryant. Looking forward to being with you for another week. It is summertime here in Mississippi. And uh, hey, a couple of things real quick. First of all, we're pretty sure this is our 100th episode. A lot of people make a big deal out about that. Uh, yeah, a big deal of, of about that, but um, we just think it is. So we think it's the hundredth. <laughs> yeah, so we're not going to make a big deal out of it. <laughs> I, I'm I'm pretty sure it is, but I, I, I can look while you're talking. I don't know if you. I don't know if you can. I don't know I if it'll show up that way. With little faith, but, is that how that saying goes? Oh, ye of little faith. Yeah, that one. Uh, so, um, couple of other things. Uh, first of all, thank you guys. Our our listeners have been pretty incredible over the last few weeks. Um, I, I think that this has been a really popular series. And if you're just now starting or if you haven't caught up, um, I would encourage you to go back and start with Inside the Mind of an Adulterer and listen to those three episodes and then... Um, move into these two, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this week, assuming we get through with all the questions. Um, and we were we were talking this week about how you know over the summer a lot of people take off for podcasting. A lot of podcasters just take off, and we're not gonna do that, or at least we're gonna try to not do that. So you never know when life's gonna get in the way. But at this point, we're not planning to take a day off because or a week off because we. We love doing this, and we appreciate our listeners, and we want to be able to keep providing good content and stay con- consistent for you. And uh, we did talk about making things a little bit fun and lighter for the summer. We'll see how that goes over the next week as we talk about it. But um, we even mentioned in front of one of our listeners that we were going <laughs> to reduce reduce the time. Maybe they're going to be a little bit shorter. And, and she was like, no, no. no. She was like, I, I, y'all need to make them longer. She was like, I could listen for an hour, and the 30 minutes isn't long enough. And I'm like, well, we don't, we don't have an hour. To <laughs> Not during the summer. <laughs> we don't have an hour. So, um, But anyway, um, that's awesome, and we appreciate This is indeed support. our 100th episode. Woohoo! Yep. Let's just pause for a little yep. break. Yep, because Here, let's I, clap went for back, ourselves. I went back to last week's on the thing and hit information, and it says... Our frequency is updated weekly. This w- last one was published May 22nd, 31 minutes, episode 99. Look at there. Rating clean. Okay, we're, we're clean. <laughs> Most of the time, Most we're clean. Time. All right, so we don't want to um, drag our feet any longer because we also know that you don't come on here to listen to us talk about the mm-hmm. fact this is our 100th episode right. or anything like that. So instead, uh, we're going to move straight into the topic. Last thing is... Hey, if you get a chance, 
rating, and review. That's all That's all I'm going to say. You know, people push that all the time, and we don't push it very often, but I just happen to think about it because we have so many new listeners. We do. And also, I understand that I'm talking kind of fast. I know. I was just fixing to say, I need to talk faster. <laughs> and somebody has told us that they can listen to us on one and a half speed whenever I'm talking. <laughs> But when you're talking, it does no good. No, well, no. Wait, they said no, no, when no, no. When you're talking, they, they can't listen to it on two. I talk too fast. Right? Yeah. Is what they can't saying. listen when when they put it on two. They can understand you, but they can't understand. No, they can understand. Okay. I can't remember. I'm going to slow <laughs> that. I am just so excited, and yeah. like I, I mean, we're we're both excited, but yeah. I. I, just, I love doing this. So, yeah. okay. So, I'm going right. to talk a little bit faster and hope that y'all can keep up and if you're I'm listening to 1.5. go really slow. <laughs> Sound like Barry Manilow. Oh, come on. Oh. All right. Let's go. Okay. So, first of all, um, we if you have not listened to last week's, please go back and listen to that because we dove into some hard questions um, with Rusty about being like really hard and intimate questions about what he was feeling as the betrayed spouse during our time of infidelity. So if you have not listened to that, I would recommend hitting pause and going back to our 99th episode. But on this episode, the only question, and it has a couple of parts to it, but the only question that I did not get to get to last week was around the topic of forgiveness. And I have a couple of questions, if you don't mind, um, that have to do with forgiveness during that time. Um, I know that a lot of people um, write to us and reach out to us and, us and say, how long did it take you, Rusty, to forgive her? And that's a loaded question because, first of all, you don't want to give people a timetable because it's different for everybody. Um, and it depends on the other person's heart and what they're doing to earn, not to earn, but to show that they are really working hard for that forgiveness. So I know that there's a lot to it. And so I hope, I hope that's not too broad of a question, but that is my first question is how long did it take you to get to the point where you felt like you could forgive me? All right, so uh, last week you cheated a little bit because at the very end you said what this topic, what the main True. topic was going to be for this week. And um, I know I've shared this before, but there's a little book that probably had the greatest impact on me and the journey that I went through um, almost 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the name of the book, I want everybody to know what it is. It's called Forgiving What You'll Never Forget. And this is a book that's by Dr. David Stoop. It's a very short book, and um, it is packed full of information. Now, there's a there's another book that uh, Lisa Turkhurst wrote that almost has the same um, almost has the same title. But this one this one is the one that that it, as you hear me today talking, you might kind of wonder where does some of that information come from. That's probably where it came from. Now, I'm also going to tell you this. When you said it last week, I thought to myself, I need to read that book again because it's really short. And, and I've, I've probably read it four or five times, to be honest. And I thought about it, and I actually started uh, just skimming over it again. And then I thought, you know what? I, I know this topic is about forgiveness, but this is, this is like my story. Mm-hmm. And this is just kind of my 
uh, my journey and what I went through. So I didn't really want it to be completely... Um, do uh, this, this, and yeah. This. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be so educational from a from a book, but uh, there's a lot in that that kind of shaped the way that I thought back then and even now. So, um, so the question was, what was the question? <laughs> How long did did it take you to get to the point where you felt like you could forgive? All right. So here's the here's the thing with forgiveness. It's um it to me. There's so many angles that you can talk about forgiveness, and so much of it is is really it's it's weird because it's a matter of wording. It's just some of it is just words, and and so you can take it and I, it's just a very hard thing to explain. So um, at at one point you can say that forgiveness is really a simple thing. But in another way, it is extremely complex. And so when you ask, how long did it take you to forgive? Well, one of the things that you've probably heard us say, and you've probably heard other people say before, is that it is a, it is a decision. Forgiveness is a decision, but it's also a process. And that's really, really hard for some people to wrap their brain around. Um, and... And that's, but that is how I feel like that's what happened with my forgiveness of you, um, because I I realized really early on that from a biblical standpoint that I was I, like it was required of me, like I was I had to forgive you. Um, there's all sorts of scripture that you can go back and look at that talks about forgiveness. You know, how many times do I forgive? Up to seven times. No, seventy times seven. There's the um, there's the servant that was that owed the big debt. There's the story of Joseph and his brothers. I mean, there's just forgiveness all throughout the Bible and instructions on forgive, forgiveness. And so that tells me that I have to forgive. And so then you start to wrestle with this thing of, well, what does that mean to forgive? Does that then, does that mean that I have to forget about what happened? Does it mean that I have to reconcile? Does it mean that I no longer have any anger towards that person? That, you know, there's all of these different parts to it. And the, the again, it's very, very complex. And so you have to kind of look at each thing a little bit separately. But for me... I discovered that I had to make a decision that I was going to forgive you, which means I was going to release you from what you had done to to me. I wasn't going to hold bitterness and resentment. I wasn't going to seek revenge. That's a big part of forgiveness. And so all of that, I had to make a decision, and that was a moment in time. Like, that was a moment where I said, I have to forgive you. Now, does... That is, to me, then that's when the process of healing started. So I made a decision to forgive, then a process started. And some people might get hung up there because they may say, well, that doesn't make any sense. How do you say that the, that it's a moment in time, but then there's a process? Well, if that bothers you and you can't really wrap your head around it, then I would say that that moment in time is when you're saying, I'm, I am forgiving you, and forgiveness is done in that moment. And then that is the first step of the healing process. Then you begin this healing process, and that's when you start to make decisions. Well, 
can I even begin to reconcile? Can I even begin to trust again? Um, and that's what you're working through at that point. Yeah. So the, the that was a long, long answer. But no, basically, basically what I'm saying is as I kind of healed, not even healed, but as I started processing through the hurt and what was happening and I was and I was feeling all of that, those feelings, but I was able to take a step back enough to say, okay, I know that biblically I have to forgive you because if not, you hold me in bondage. That's right. And, That's right. And so, so I made, that was a moment, but then the process started and I had to learn all of the different complexities of forgiveness and that healing process. I mean, honestly, it probably took maybe two years yeah. to, to be honest. Now, right. I don't know if that's the process of forgiveness. Like I said, it's words. Those are all just words. It, it was really the healing, the learning to trust again. That all took time. But there was a moment where I was, I'm releasing you of this right. and what you've done to me. Yeah. And that was the only way that I could actually start that's good. the journey. Yeah. You know, that is, it's kind of what, how you just answered that kind of leads me to my next question. How much of forgiveness, your ability to forgive, do you think was just obedience to what scripture tells us to do? You mentioned, you know, lots of ways that, um, lots of times in scripture where forgiveness is talked about. Um, there's even a verse in Matthew, Matthew six fourteen that says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Mm -hmm. Like there's a direct correlation between us forgiving the people who have hurt us and our Heavenly Father forgiving us. So how do you, how much of that, and the reason why I ask this the way I do, is because I believe that forgiveness, you can, you can let your spouse have too much power over your ability to forgive. In other words, if your spouse is doing things and working hard and running to the Lord and showing you that they have changed and it, and this isn't just in just an in infidelity, but in in ways that you've hurt your spouse, if you are doing things that are showing that you want forgiveness and that you're trying to become the godly man or godly woman that your spouse deserves, then I believe that it helps your ability to forgive them. But if they are not, if they are not doing what you um, hope that they are doing and they're not doing things to deserve your forgiveness, then how much is just obedience? Because that's what God calls us to do. Well, one of the myths of forgiveness is that forgiveness requires repentance of the other person. Right. And so whether that's with a spouse or a family member or a friend or whatever it is um, that you think that, uh, that you are expecting repentance, well, if you're, if you're waiting on repentance— for forgiveness, then yes, that person is just holding all of the power. And I do believe that there's there's even people that have hurt you that have passed away. 
um, yeah. maybe a parent, you know, a father, a mother, whatever, a sibling, and you hold resentment over that person. Well, they have no, they they can't repent of what they've done. They are, right. they're not alive anymore. Yeah. But if you don't, if you can't get to the point where you forgive them just because you know that biblically you need to forgive them and you need to be able to release that so that you're not just continually building up resentment, bitterness, and all that, that person is holding power from power over you right. from the grave. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and again, you may be saying, yeah, well, I mean, my spouse is not dead and mm-hmm. my spouse is not changing. But again, they're holding the power over you and you're just basically saying, well, I'm not going to forgive you until you change. Mm-hmm. And you're never, you're never going to move forward in your mm-hmm. own life. Yeah. Um, it's just you're you're held captive. You're in bondage. It's like you've got shackles on you, and it's because you're not letting go of what that person has done to you. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. That's a really good word. Um, what are some things, this is um, the last specific question I have for you about forgiveness, but what are some ways, okay, what are some things, and I, I hope that my, our listeners hear my heart and I'm not trying to get you to say kind things about me, but what are some ways that it was helpful? What are some things that I did to help you in the forgiveness process? Like what are some things that, that you saw or some things that you were looking for to help you, not in that moment of forgiveness, but as we went along the forgiveness journey. Mm-hmm. Because I saw you, like I could I could see a physical difference in you and in the way you treated me as you forgave more and more and more and more. I was able to see that. So what are some things, like if you're, if somebody's listening and it's like, what do I need to do? Like what, how can I help? What are some things that would help my spouse be able to walk through the forgiveness process? Well, first of all, when I knew in, in my heart that I had to forgive you, um, you, were, you were not really in a place mm-hmm. or doing anything that would cause me to be really excited about forgiving right. you. Um, and, and let's just also throw this out there, too. It's not just you that I had to forgive sure. in this process. There were others and other people that I had to extend forgiveness to. And, you know, even in, in those, there, were, there are people that I know that I have forgiven, but I know there will never be reconciliation right. on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. Uh, but for for you, you you know, early on there wasn't there wasn't a real reason. Like if you look at what the world would look at and say, you know, was there a reason to forgive you? Not really. Sure. I mean, I was like I was angry, and mm-hmm. and that's okay too. Like I I would say to people, you know, if you're angry and you have feelings of anger that's not a sign that you're not forgiving. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a sign that you care mm-hmm. um, in a lot of ways. So, you know, you don't, hurt. yeah. And that you're hurt. You don't stay there obviously, mm-hmm. but, um, but there are moments of that. And there's also moments on the journey where feelings come back and 
you know, it's it's things that you may have thought, well, I've I've forgiven, I shouldn't feel that way again, and that's that's all again, that's part of the process. So, you know, I when I said that I was forgiving you, I knew that I was forgiving you and stepping out um, in faith more than anything, and in a release of I'm not letting you hold this over me, and at the same time, I'm not holding it over you. I'm not I'm not going to have bitterness, resentment, um, but I didn't know if we would be reconciled at right. the at the time. And I, I didn't even know if I wanted to be for there to be reconciliation because mm-hmm. that had to happen in your heart. And so so because I was forgiving you, then I was just prepared for my life and what God had for me. And then as we went along and you started, like the question you asked me, you started showing me things. Well, first was you did repent. I mean, it was a real repentance of I now have godly sorrow. I know how bad I've hurt you and, you know, potentially hurt our family, our family tree. I mean, all of that. And so that was really the first step is that I saw repentance. Now, you know, real repentance also means that change starts happening. That's right. And it wasn't all immediate and overnight. For you, it was a lot of really fast change because you started diving in to your relationship with God and it, you know, completely changed your heart. It, com- it completely changed the way you looked. I mean, everything about you. And so, the things that you were doing that were speeding up the the process of forgiveness or healing or whatever you want to call it is you started earning my trust Mm -hmm. and the way that you were earning my trust is uh, number one you were chasing after Jesus and that was clear that I could see that that was happening and then you started doing things that were trustworthy so always you know the little things that we've talked about on here before but you know, no secrets. Like mm-hmm. I had complete access to anything and everything, and the and the, and you had no resentment if I ever asked mm-hmm. for something or defensiveness or yeah, mm-hmm. def- defensiveness. Yeah. Um, you know, even when you would go places, you know, making sure that I was extremely comfortable. You know, you would always ask me, "Is this okay if I'm, you know, if I go do this or if I'm with this person or?" And just to speak into that, that wasn't always easy for me. But I knew it was necessary, and it's what God was asking me to do to be open. And so that was retraining my myself, too, mm-hmm. to do that. So, like, I didn't want to hit somebody to listen and be like, well, but that's not easy. No, it's not easy. None of this is easy, mm-hmm. but it's necessary. You know, one of the things that I think some people get hung up on, too, and we've talked about this, is just how, you know, a lot of times people want to just, you know, sweep it under the rug, brush Mm -hmm. it under the rug, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it. Um, And you were really good about it, you know, giving me time and space Mm. to be okay with things. And, you know, even, um, you know, you, you would recognize when I was hurting. And if you, you would sometimes ask, and it was okay if I just said, I don't want to talk about it, or mm-hmm. I just need some time. Mm-hmm. You know, you were okay with that. Um, I mean, even like, like I was even thinking about the the physical part of our relationship. Like, it would have, 
the normal you would have been, oh, if I can just get him, you know, to love me physically, then it'll just, he'll forget mm-hmm. about, and you were, like, that was something that was put on the back burner for, for a good bit of time, because mm-hmm. I wasn't ready for sure. that, and you were just, it was like, okay, you're, I mean, you were okay with that, right. um, even though it would have been easy for you to push sure. in that way. Sure. Can I give another example that came to my mind? Yeah. Um, I, I remember that I was wanting to go back um, to the gym. And the gym was a spot and a place that wasn't good for me and kind of helped, not helped me, but was part of me getting into the situation that I got to um, with infidelity. And that was a really big trigger for you in, no, I don't want you to go back to the gym. And I, that was, I can remember that that was the one place, I mean, the one area where I wanted to push back. And I even had to call in an audible, an audible wit. That's probably not the right word um, to talk to Penny about that. My mentor, because I was like, I need your help with this one because I'm really wanting to battle it. And she's like, it's not worth the battle. Let that go. You can find something else to do. We can, you can run, learn to love running. You can walk, you can go to a place like right now I'm going um, and have been for a, a, a little bit of time, going to a place where it's only women. I go to bar here and, um, in my hometown and it's only women that go. So there's other options, but you have to be willing to make sacrifices in that area to help the process. Well, even with that example, um, you know, as far along as we are, I don't know that I'll ever be comfortable with that again. And because it's just too many triggers. And the great thing about it is, is that, there's been one or two times where I've sort of heard you almost a little hint of, oh, you know, I wish I could go back there. And, and then, then you sh- just yep. stop. You just <laughs> shut it down. Yep. And and uh, which I, I mean, again, because you could easily be it's been 12 years. We do a podcast. We talk about how can you, and it just never, that's not, and, and again, people may look at me and say, how can you not be over that yet? Well, there's, there's just parts of this that honestly you don't get over. And that's, that's what I want people to hear. It's in two months, it's going to be 12 years. Mm -hmm. Now they're not, they don't send us into a ditch. They don't like we're, we're okay, but there's still things. There's still consequences that, 12 years later are still part of our story because that is what sin does. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is, I mean, it is a consequence of sin and it, some things just don't go away. Yeah. And that's part of it. Well, and one of the myths of forgiveness, like I said earlier, is that we're supposed to forgive and forget. Well, we can't forget. We're not, we're humans. And there's also an element of, an element of it that we kind of don't want to forget. And so some of these things like, like the gym, it's okay that we don't forget that because it reminds us that there needs to be boundaries. Mm -hmm. Even as healthy as we are, we still have to have some really strict boundaries because we live through something like we live through the trauma that we live through. So, um, how, um, how are we doing on time over there, boss? Yeah, a few minutes. Okay. Can I speak into something real quick? Sure. Okay. Um, I just feel really led to say, yes, I I hear y'all talking about forgiving your spouse, 
but there, there are people out there that are, how do you forgive yourself? And I, gosh, I've been there. Like when I look at what I did to my family and praise the Lord, they were young enough to not really remember any of this, but there's still conversations that we've had to have that are painful. But when I look back at what I did, there, there are times where I say, how, how could I have done that? And then how do, how do I forgive myself? And I've heard lots of people ask, like, how do I forgive myself? I'm never going to forgive myself for what I did. And that's hard. It is because if you leave your eyes on you, you'll never forgive yourself. Because there's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can memorize. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing. I mean, there's none of that that's ever going to be good enough to earn forgiveness for what you have done. If you have been the cause of, if you were the one that committed the affair and the cause of that hurt in your family. And so because of that, that's where our faith comes in and we have to put our eyes on Jesus because if we put our eyes on ourselves, it's never going to happen. So I had to completely shift my focus to focus on what Jesus did for me on the cross and him dying for my sin, for that very sin. When he was hanging on the cross, he knew the sin that I would one day walk through um, when I was, I can't remember how old I was, 30 something years old, um, 36 ish. He knew that I was going to walk through that then. And even still, he chose to die on the cross for that sin. So shifting your focus to that and saying, God, what you did, what you did on the cross was enough. Because if you say, that no, I can't forgive myself, then what you're saying is what you did on the cross is not enough. And that's a slap in the face to what he did. And so focusing on that and saying, God, even though I don't deserve it, even though I have nothing good to offer you, you forgave me. And in that process of you forgiving me, I am going to honor you by forgiving myself. And that's not a one-time deal. It's the same thing that Rusty's been talking about, about the process of forgiveness. There are times where the enemy goes, "Mm, remember what you did? And I have to do it all over again. And turning my eyes and saying, "But, but Christ is enough. What he did was enough. And so I know that I'm forgiven and I imagine myself standing before, um, um, that white uh, canvas of just purity and having on that white robe of forgiveness and grace. And and it's a process. So if you're listening and you're not the one stuck in how do I forgive my spouse, but how do I forgive myself, know that Christ is enough. Mm, that's good stuff. That will preach and we will end with that. All right. Hey, thank you guys for listening and uh, we hope that you'll join us again next week. So have a great week. Be sure to reach out to us if we can help you with anything marriage-related. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time.